0: Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at LifePointCentral.com. Good morning again. Just trying to wake you up. Elbow the person next to you. If you don't know them, ask them first and say, it's time to wake up. I got something good for you this morning. And, um, you know, last weekend I shared this with you that our theme or our vision statement and life point is that it 's all about life change, and we have a few statements that support that phrase uh, and that mission of life change and those are you 'll see those on the wall around here and first of all it's it 's to honor God and a few years ago, God just started speaking to us because uh, we would say things like this that it 's all about people, and I do believe people are important and you're a people, so you 're important. but I do believe this that church should be all about god it 's his church it's his it's his uh, word, it's his ways, it's his, it's his building, it's his vision, amen. So, but it's about honoring God, it's about changing lives, and then we say this, altering culture. And that's something that God just dropped in our hearts when we moved here a few years ago now, that an assignment I believe God gave us is to alter culture. And, and I do believe that our culture needs some altering, it needs some adjusting, and it, it needs some changing. And so I just believe that's, that's something that God put on our heart as an assignment. And so I, I would say this to you, that the series that I'm sharing right now, I, I firmly believe that it's a culture-changing type of series, a, a culture-altering series. Anytime that you talk about faith, and I, we've been talking about faith, if you go to my files on my messages, it's probably the biggest file. And it's important for us to talk about faith, because I do believe that it, it is what changes culture. Um, I'll be honest with you, growing up, even working the first several years in ministry, I didn't hear a lot about faith. Uh, Me and my wife moved and spent a few years at a different church, and I felt like I went back to Bible school, and I started learning all kinds of things about faith. And then God sent us here, and he told us to teach this and to preach this, and so that's just part of our, our assignment. And I believe God wants to continue to change your culture, and I believe the word of faith is one of the biggest factors Uh, In that. Someone say amen. Amen. So we we began this series last week called Faith Works. And I called it Faith Works because how many know faith works? But you also have to work faith. You have to learn to work faith. And so this is one of those series that that you have to get in you and, and learn and not just hear, but it's, it's one of those you have to put into application and you have to begin to practice. So it's very practical. I know you've heard some of these things before, but we have to keep hearing these things because the Bible says that really that faith is the key. Yeah. It's the key that operates heaven. It's the key that operates heaven here on earth. Someone say amen. Yeah. I'm still trying to wake you up. Y'all ready to go? Yeah. So, so I, um, you know, if you... If you went and bought yourself a new car, after you signed all the paperwork and signed your lease or signed your um, your loan, they would hand you the what? They would hand you the keys, and so you would get those keys, and you could go sit in your car. You could, you know, get your lean on. You could adjust the seats and the mirror. You could do all of these things, and you would look really good in that new ride. But How many know it would be a little ridiculous if you never took those keys out, put them in the ignition, and started that engine? Or maybe you have a car. Today, we don't always have to put the key in the ignition. You push the button. How many know if you never pushed the button, started that vehicle, you could say that that's your car, but that car would never take you anywhere? Right? So you want to hear that engine start up, right? I have a V8 in my Mustang and I love just to start it up because it, woo, 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 woo. it just it, it means something. But you know what? We talked last week about faith arrives by hearing and hearing the word of Jesus. But I do believe it's not just enough for faith to arrive in our lives, but we have to do something to activate our faith. Amen. So that's where we're going this morning. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. We were here last week. I read verse 16 to you. I want to add verse 17 to it this week. The Bible says, therefore, the promise comes by what? So the Bible is a book of promises. From Genesis to Revelation is God's mentality, is God's promises, and is God's provision written down for you. And so the Bible says all of those promises are yes and amen. Amen. In other words, if there's a promise in the Bible, you can put your amen to what God said yes to. They're all yes and amen, but they're only received by what? Faith. Faith. That's why faith is the key. Let's read on. So that it would be by grace and it would be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So what that verse says is that the generosity of God's grace has provided everything for you. Grace is another word for favor. It's another word for the goodness of God. So the goodness of God has made provision for everything you could want or need. That's what grace is. But the Bible says it's received by what? Faith. So God provides it by grace. You receive it by faith. That's why faith is so important. And it goes on. It says, even if you are of Hebrew descent, or you are a grace-filled Gentile, born again. The Bible said that's how this works. Now, let's, let's add verse 17 to it. And it goes on and it says, It is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He's the father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to dead things and calls into being those things which were not. Everyone says, Everyone say this word, calls. So God does something. Faith does something, it calls things. It can call something dead to life. It can call something that wasn't there into existence. So faith is important, right? And and faith has a voice. Look at someone and say, use your words. Now, what is faith? Faith is to put your trust in someone or something. It's a confident trust in someone or something. It's a firm persuasion in someone. Or something. I like to say it this way that that faith is our is our positive and proper response to God. That's what faith is. It's it's us responding to the promises of God, to the provision of God. And so the Bible says this: that it's provided by the generosity of God's grace received by our faith, but faith calls it. Faith has a voice. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. The Bible says this, so don't lose your bold, courageous what? Don't lose it. So the Bible warns us not to lose it, so guess what we could do? We could misplace our faith. We could frustrate our faith. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great what? So faith brings a reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will, and then receive the promise in full, for soon and very soon. The one who is appearing will come without delay, and he also says, my righteous ones, any righteous ones in here? Three of you, all right. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Do we need to go there first, right? So the Bible says this. It says, the one who is appearing will come without delay, and he also says, my righteous ones will live from my what? faith or from the faith of of God. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them, but we are certainly not of those who are held back by fear and we perish. We are among those who have faith and we experience true life. That's a cool scripture. But the Bible says this very clearly, not to lose your bold, courageous faith. The Bible says we must endure. The Bible says that we have to hold on to our faith. We're not like those who are going to slip back. The King James uses the word slip back into perdition. What it really means is we're not those who have rotting faith. Our faith is alive. Our faith is progressive. Our faith is active. But the Bible clearly tells us we're going to be tempted to chuck our faith. We're going to be tempted to release our faith, be frustrated in our faith. Why? Because we're waiting on a manifestation many times, and there's this temptation Not to endure this temptation that it's not going to work out. This temptation to let go of our faith. Anyone ever been there? But the Bible says this, that if we endure, we will be rewarded. And what that means is we will be reimbursed for the faith that we've had through these situations, through these challenges. And and we will be everything that it costs you to hold on to your faith. The Bible says God will reimburse you. It's an accounting word. If you are uh, in the business world and you take business trips and you have a business credit card or maybe you put some expenses on your card and then you turn in your receipts, they reimburse you for mileage, for food, for things like that. That's what this word means. That's what this verse means. God's going to reimburse you for your endurance. He will reward your endurance. He will reward your faith, your faithfulness. Don't you love the word of God? So that's why he says, don't lose your courageous faith. So if we're instructed to hold on to our faith, that means there are going to be some things that challenge us or challenge or frustrate or, or create an opportunity for our faith to get frustrated. We say, what, were the, what could those things be? I'm glad you asked. I put a few of those on, 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 this, on this slide for you. There are some factors that can frustrate our faith. For example, do you know that ignorance can frustrate your faith? Yeah, you can take a picture. A lot of people are taking pictures. What I mean by that, we'll just keep that screen up for a moment, is if you don't have revelation on something or you don't know, you can't have faith for it. I said this last weekend, faith begins where the will of God is known. There may have been a time in your life you didn't know you could have faith for finances or you didn't know you could have faith for healing. Or you didn't know you could have faith in certain areas of your life. You were ignorant. I don't mean you're you're ignorant. I just mean you were ignorant of it. You did not know, so it would frustrate your faith. How about doubt? That kind of speaks for itself, but what is doubt? Doubt is to hear it, but you hesitate. Why? Because you're in doubt over it. That's why the Bible says we got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing what Jesus said. Now, unbelief is different than doubt. Unbelief is to hear it and reject it. Doubt is to hesitate over it. But unbelief is just to reject it. But that will frustrate your faith. Impatience. Anyone like it yesterday? That's the culture. That's the country we live in. That's the the culture that we live in. So, impatience or endurance. And we just read if we have patience, if we have endurance, it's going to be reimbursed, it's going to be rewarded. There are a few other things. Unforgiveness. We can have unforgiveness in our heart. We can have bitterness in our heart. We can get into strife. We can get into offense. And that will frustrate your faith. Making inner vows, you say, well, what does that mean? That's when you say things like, I'm never going to let that happen. I'm never going to do it. And we make these inner vows. And what happens when we make inner vows? It could be out of good intentions. We make ourselves God of the situation. And when we make ourselves God over the situation, there's no room for faith. Pride, which pride could be sinfulness, idleness, I'll talk a little bit that next week. That just means there's no action to your faith. But I want you to focus on the last one today. That's where I want to spend our time is by what? Words. The words that you say can frustrate your faith. So when the Bible says this, it says, don't lose your bold, courageous faith. These are things that could cause you to frustrate your faith. They could cause your faith to be challenged. And I want to especially focus, like I said, on on the last one. So here's my title for the next few moments. Last weekend, we talked about how faith arrives. This morning, I want to talk about when your faith is activated. When is your faith activated? So if faith arrives when you hear and you agree, then this would be the next step. That faith is activated when you agree and you decree. When does it show up? When does faith come? Well, faith comes from hearing and hearing. So we hear the words of Jesus and we believe them. That's when faith arrives. But you can have faith arriving and you can believe, but faith could have no action until you do what? I agree and I decree. That's why your words are so, so important. And I know that a lot of people struggle with this concept about your words. And they say, are your words really that important? I-, I could preach for weeks on this. I want you to know how important your words are this morning. And I want to challenge you for, to make faith work in your life, to work the works of faith. We, we've got to just be okay and understand that faith isn't just hearing about the word of God. It's actually speaking the word of God. You can have faith show up in your life, arrive in your life. You can hear it and agree with it. But the moment you start to believe and decree it, it goes into action. It's like taking those keys, putting them into the ignition, and revving up that engine and starting that car. Something has to activate. Something has to uh, be the ignition switch for your faith to go from just arrival to action or to activation. And that is your words. So faith is activated by your declarations. Now, we can regress in our faith by casting away our faith, or we can progress in our faith, and the key to both of those is our words. Look look at this little verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold strong, everyone say strong, to the confession of our hope, or that's another word for faith, never what? Never wavering, since the one who promised it to us is what? Faithful. Let us hold strong, not just to our faith, but to the confession of our faith. It doesn't say just hold on to your faith, it says hold on to the confession of your faith. So the way that you hold on to your faith is with your what? Your words. The way that you can frustrate your faith is with your words. Look at someone and say, your words are important. Now, that phrase, hold on to the confession of your faith, is this long Greek word. It, it, I'll try to pronounce it right. Homo legeo. The word homo means the same as, legaio means to speak. So what that phrase means is to say the same thing that God is saying. Y'all got that? How do you hold on to your faith? You say the same thing God says about it. How do you hold on during your trial? You say the same thing God says about it. How, how do you have faith with your money? Say the same thing God says about your money. How do you how do you hold on in a faith challenge? You say the same thing God says about it. It literally means to grab something and hold it down. How many of you guys remember back in the day, it's a little different today with travel and everything, but remember when you went on vacation or you were going to fly somewhere before you had to pay way too much money to check your bags and you would put stuff in your suitcase and your suitcase wouldn't shut. Remember those days? So what did you do? You put you on top of the suitcase and you held it down and you clasped those clasps. How many have ever been there? You remember that moment? That's the picture of holding down your faith. You get on top of it and you hold it down. You do not want to let go of it. You do not want it to get away from you. Why? Because you're holding it down. How do you hold it down? Homo legio. You say what God says about it. Or you say the same thing God says. And the Bible says this. We labor to stay in rest. What does that mean? Our labor, our part is we labor to stay in rest and that's faith. Because there are things, voices, situations, feelings that will try to get us to chuck our faith. So how do you not chuck your faith? You say what God says about it. And you keep saying what God says about it. And you keep saying what God says about it. Faith arrives when you hear and you get into agreement. But it's only active. The word is near you. When is the word near you? When it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. So if this is accurate, it would be proper for us to say it's not enough just to believe. Now, let's let's read on. I'll prove this to you. The word is near you, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. What does it take to be saved, born again, to become a Christ follower? What does it take? Not just believing there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people that believe in God. The devil believes in God, but it says that you would believe in your heart but you would confess with your mouth. That's when you're saved. Not just because you believe in God, but you confess with your mouth, he's my savior. So the Bible said, this is how this faith thing works. We believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. Corinthians says it this way. The same way you receive Jesus, is the same way you walk in him. How did you receive him? I believed in my heart, and I spoke it out of my mouth. So how do you continue in him? I believe in my heart, I speak it out with my mouth. That's a spirit of faith. That, the word spirit means disposition. Or you could say attitude. Next someone said, you got a little attitude. You say, that's right. I got an attitude of faith. I got a disposition of faith. But how many times do we have a disposition of doubt? Or a disposition of unbelief, or a disposition of fear. When the Bible says we gotta keep hearing and we gotta keep speaking, that's a disposition of faith. That's a disposition of, or an attitude of faith, an attitude of belief, an attitude of confidence, an attitude of trust, an attitude of Godfidence. But we gotta keep hearing, we gotta keep speaking. That's, that's one of the attitudes the Bible talks about you and I need to develop in our lives. Is an attitude of faith, a disposition of faith. Look at someone and say, this is good. So y'all want to make some points. So what are we saying so far? Well, we're saying this, that faith begins to arrive when we hear the word of God. We hear and we hear the words of Jesus. It starts to change our stinking thinking. It starts to change our believing. But it doesn't become active in our life until we, out of our agreement, declare it. This is why I say this is, this is a message that helps us change culture. There's a lot of people in our culture, they believe in God. But to understand that we believe and we confess. So y'all ready for some points? Here we go. Life point number one. Your decree reveals what you believe. Your decree reveals what you believe. Everyone say reveal. In other words, we could say it a few different ways. We could say this, that your declaration locates your faith. We could say it this way, your your confession confirms your conviction. In other words, when you open your mouth, you disclose what you believe. I could just sit down with you, talk for a few moments. If everything is going right in your life, I can locate your faith by how you talk. If everything is going crazy or you have a challenge, I can locate your faith by just hearing you talk. Until I hear you talk, I'm guessing at where you stand. I'm guessing at what you believe in. Let me give you an example. You ever wonder where someone stands politically? Just listen. Until they open their mouths, you don't know for sure, but when they open their mouths... You know what party they are. You know who they back. You know what they believe and what they don't believe. You you could even do that with finding out things people like sports. You listen to someone talk, find out how wise they are. If they're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan or if they're a Cleveland Browns fan, you you can tell the wisdom that's there, but you know where they stand by what comes out of their (laughs) mouth. I wonder if the devil knows where you stand by what's been coming out of your mouth. Or I wonder if he's just assuming what you believe. The Bible says this in in, in the Gospels. It says, out of the abundance of your heart, what does your mouth do? It speaks. Or out of of what you're full of, your yapper is going to yap. So when you make a declaration, it reveals what you believe. What this is full of. What your heart is full of, the beliefs that are in you, your declaration is going to locate your faith. It's going to confirm your conviction. This is why it's so important. This is how faith works. I keep hearing. I keep hearing the words of Jesus, and I keep agreeing with the words of Jesus. But how many know it's not agreement? You can nod. You can go, uh-huh, but until it becomes a verbalization until it becomes a homo legale, until it becomes what God said. That's when you know that you're in faith about something. Because out of the abundance, not the little bit, but the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think, think, think about how this would work in some areas of our life. If you're in a situation, you're going to reveal what you believe about that situation By what comes out of your mouth. Someone say, "Uh uh-oh. How about this? Um, Out of your mouth, we're going to know what you believe about God. Do you believe he's a good God? Or he's that God who smashes your car into a telephone pole or puts cancer on your body just to teach you a lesson, just to keep you humble? I've heard people talk like that. And I'm, I'm not putting them down, I'm just saying they haven't heard enough of what Jesus said. So what comes out of your mouth w- reveals whether you believe God's a good God, whether God's a gracious God. It will, what comes out of your mouth will, de- will determine if you believe that God's for you or against you. What comes out of your mouth reveals what you believe about what the Word says about you. Do you believe you're more than a conqueror, an overcomer? Mm, I believe it. How do I know? How does heaven know? How does hell know? Until you open your mouth and say, I believe the word of God says I am more than a conqueror in all of these things. What you say? What are all these things? Read the verses before. Talking about a lot of things. Heaven doesn't know. God doesn't know. Hell doesn't know. People around you don't know until what? You open up your yapper and either get in alignment with what the word says or in alignment with your feelings or in alignment with the culture or whatever. I would challenge you to keep hearing what Jesus said and just say what Jesus says about it. Because as we sang this morning, what God says about things actually moves mountains, parts seas, heals, delivers, sets free. You can describe a situation, you can describe a problem, and how bad it is. You ever sit around someone like this, just tell you how bad it is. One person says how bad it is, another person's like, I can top that, and you got this battle of problems. You can tell how good yours, or how bad your problem is, you can describe it, or you can describe how good God is, and you can describe the promise to the situation. When you open your mouth, you reveal things you believe about yourself, what you believe about others, even what you believe about the enemy how you doing? Oh, pastor, the old devil. That old devil, he's after me. Pray for me. That old devil. The old devil, the old devil, the old devil. Do you know every time you open your mouth and you emphasize the devil or even the struggle? And I'm not saying you can't have a moment share his mouth. I'm not saying, I'm just saying where you camp and what you keep saying. You're just either focusing the light, the spotlight on the devil and his plans, or you're focusing the spotlight on God and his plans. We ought to talk more about how good God is, how healed we are, how blessed we are, how joyful we are, instead of how depressed we are, discouraged we are. This is just training yourself in faith. The more you hear and hear and hear, the more you declare, you declare, you declare. Mm, isn't that goods? I wrote this down. I actually wrote this down right before I walked up here. I put it and it goes to my notes real quick. And I, it, do you know that what you say even affects how you pray? You can probably, out of a good heart, pray a freaked out prayer. Probably, out of a good heart, you could pray a fear filled prayer. Out of a good heart, you could probably pray a worry-filled prayer, an unbelief prayer. Bible even talks about it. You can verbalize unbelief and fear. And I'm not saying you can't go to God frankly and say, God, here's where I'm at. But I'm just saying you can pray what you think is prayer. Or you can pray a faith-filled prayer. There's a massive difference. It's, it's finding out what God says about it and pray that. How about this? Do you know that... Um, it also affects your praise. And you've heard me say this before. And we do. We go to great lengths around here not just to sing a song because it makes you feel good. Or not just sing a song because it's always been sang. Just because it's been around for a while doesn't make it any more faith-filled than another song blasting through the radio. If we're going to sing, how I many know it's important we sing some faith-filled lyrics if we're going to declare corporately, how I many know what we declare is really important? What do we sing about this morning? Faith is rising in this place. Are you kidding me? That's awesome to sing about. You know what would be bad to sing about if Pastor Mitch came up? Let's throw our hands up in the air. We're all sinners. We're worms. We're destined for sickness. it's teaching us a lesson? I don't know if I've ever heard that song, but I've heard some that are close. Come on, are you with me? What what does your declaration do? It reveals what you believe. Ready for life point number two? Your your decree releases what you possess. It's going to reveal what you believe. It's going to release what it is that you possess. See, the words of a person are a creative force. I want you to think back when God... Looked at the world and it was without form and void. What did he do? He spoke. And we're made in the image of God. So when we speak, it's a creative force. Every time you speak, what are you doing? Forecasting into your future. Words can travel ahead of you. It's forecasting what you believe. It's forecasting what's in your heart. Proverbs chapter 18 says it this way, the power to life and death or blessing or curses are in the power of what you think. It's actually not what it says. It says it's in the power of the tongue. It's in the power of your yapper. It's in the power of your declarations. It's in the power of your words. So I was thinking about this. I want you to think about your words because they reveal where you're at and they release what you got. This is why it's so important to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and getting into alignment because then you can release the Word of God. And the Bible says the Word of God never comes back void. It does what it was intended to do. So think about this. Every time you speak and you declare things... Are you declaring, are you revealing, are you releasing wisdom or ignorance? Are you releasing confidence or doubt? Are you releasing authority or are you releasing fear? And I want you to hear me on this. There's a difference between optimism and faith. There's a real difference. Let me give you a couple of, of examples. Think about the difference in these two statements. I hope I get better. I hope I get feeling better. Or you can say something like this. I believe by his stripes, I'm the healed of the Lord. There's a difference between optimism and faith. All right, you didn't like that one? How about this one? Um, I hope my marriage works out. I really do. I hope my marriage works out. Or you can say, what God has put together, ain't no man going to separate. All right. How about this one? I hope I have enough money to get by. Versus my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. How about this one? I hope I'm not always an addict. Versus I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. See, your declaration releases what you possess. So once again... Don't skip the step of hearing and hearing and hearing. We talked about that last week. You got to keep hearing, because what you keep hearing, you're going to buy into. Hear and agree. Hear and agree. That's why I say, I mean, you got to be, you got to be, you have to be very, very um, intentional about who you're listening to, the news forecast coming your way. What you're seeing online, you've got to filter that. Why? Because you don't want to get that stuff in there that you get into agreement with. Because that's what you're going to activate. You've got to even filter what people say to you, about you. Because you don't want to activate that when you start repeating it. That's why we've got to keep hearing the words of Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus. That means we've got to get real intentional. We've got to tune some things out and tune some things in. Shut some things off. Turn some things on. We just need to go around repeating what Jesus said. Have you ever um, known somebody that they heard something and they like to repeat it like they know it? Like they got the inside scoop, like they know everything? Because they heard, and If they heard the right person, they might know something. But if they heard the wrong information, they don't really know what they're talking about. There are certain things I don't know what I'm talking about on. There's a few things I do know. I was with my wife somewhere one day, and this, this person just kept talking about this thing with sports. She goes, what do you think about that? I said, he has no idea what he's talking about. Because American? No, I just knew about that, and I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. But he just kept repeating something. I didn't tell that to him to his face, like, you're stupid. I didn't do that. I just listened, to him and I'm thinking inside, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I wonder if the devil feels like that sometimes. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Or I wonder if the devil's like, they know what they're talking about. There's a difference. If you know something, if you're expertised in something, I mean, if you've got the inside scoop on something, and you do, it's in this book right here. You've got the inside scoop. You've got the inside scoop about the world right now. That we're in the last sliver of the last days. You've got the inside scoop. So don't get into fear. You know how this thing is going to transcend. You know how this thing is going to transition. You know how the, the Bible says those with the inside scoop, when they're watching things right now, they're in faith. Because the last days are God's days. And they're realizing that what they do at this hour is they're not trying to just escape, but they're looking up. They're looking up. When do you, why do you look up? Because things are looking up. That's why. I want to thank both of you for that round of applause. So, in this good, when you decree something, you are revealing what you believe, and you are releasing what you possess. You ready for the last one? Here we go. When you decree, you receive what you imagine. You receive what you imagine. So, the Bible, according to the words in this Bible... This is a book of seed. The Bible says all the way back in the beginning of the Bible, everything operates by seed, time and harvest. This book is a book of seed. It is the word of God, and when the word goes off, it goes out, it depends on the soil that it lands in, that determines the harvest that comes from it. But before this book was ever a book and before it was ever on pages, it was in God. God breathed it on man and man spoke it. And when man uh, spoke it or man wrote it down, when you say what it says, that seed remains active. That's why the Bible says when God's word goes out, it doesn't come back void. The Bible calls this book, these words, sharper And then a two-edged sword, which I've explained this. If you've never heard me explain this before, I'm going to explain it again. What is a two-edged sword? It has two sides or two edges or two blades to it. Here's here's what that scripture means. When God spoke the word of God, that was the first side or the first edge or the first blade. When it came and got in your heart and you spoke it, then it became two-edged. God spoke it. Now you spoke it. It has two edges. You're saying the same thing God says. And the Bible goes on. It says it'll cut through the flesh. It'll cut through the spirit. It'll cut through the soul. It's the word of God. It's active and it works. So what you speak determines your harvest. Y'all got that? Anyone have a little bit of harvest in their life that you don't like? There's a good chance a lot of that harvest came from what you've been saying three years ago, five years ago, two weeks ago. You're speaking things into your tomorrow. Yeah. That, that ought to freak a few of us out. But what if we just repented of that and said, from this moment on, I'm going to declare the word of God. I'm going to declare it over my teenagers. I'm going to declare it over my wife. I have to do it all the time. I'm going to declare it over my family. I'm going to declare it over my church. I'm going to declare it over my finances. I'm going to declare it over my body. It produces a harvest. Listen to this. I wrote this down. I think this is awesome. So applaud when I'm done, please. We were created to imagine that what isn't tangible can become realization. Did you hear that? We were created to imagine that what isn't tangible can actually become realization. Because that's what Romans chapter four seventeen says. It says it calls things that aren't as though they are. What's that mean? I can call. There may be something not manifesting yet. I call what the Word of God says about it, and I speak the Word of God over it. And I keep speaking the Word of God over it, and I keep speaking the Word of God over it. And what transports something from not being tangible to becoming realization is the transport is your words. That's what transports faith. That's why the Bible says in Mark chapter 11 it says it this way whatever you ask for believe that you receive and you shall receive it believe and say in those verses if you read those two or three verses you'll see how many more times it says say and speak to this mountain and say this than it does believe it starts with believing but it's activated when you start speaking I'm just going to read these couple sentences to you. Y'all ready for something good? Listen to this. Everything that was and everything that is was in God. Not, not here. Everything that was and everything that is started in God or it was in God. Everything that we have ever seen first existed in and, an and invisible realm but just because it was invisible didn't mean it didn't exist. It all started in an unseen realm. It began as an idea conceived in God's mind, and that idea became an image. And by faith, God spoke what he saw within himself, and the unseen became the visible. That's how God created all of this. It was already in God. It was an image in God's mind. It was a dream in God's spirit. God could see it, it was invisible, but it didn't mean it didn't exist. How did it go from invisible to visible? How did it go from potentially unseen to realization? When God declared it to be so. He spoke in the darkness and said, let there be some light and light just was. Now I know you think, well, that's God. Well, those same verses and those same chapters Surrounding that thought say something like this, you were created out of the essence or the DNA Or you are the imagio day of God himself You're not a shadow of you are from the image of God. Do you know that before you ever went? You were an image in God's mind you were in the essence of God All of this was in the essence of God. And the Bible says this, that when he created you, he created you with that same imagination. Now listen to this. Although he is the source of all things, he shares his omnipotent powers with his creation. And you and I are full of imagination. We, You and I are full of dreams, desires, plans, and ideas that need to be released and received. That's what God said from the beginning. There will always be seed, time, and harvest. There will always be release and receive. Release and receive. Are y'all with me? This is how this faith thing works. Miles Monroe said this, you are the continuation of God's deliveries. I'm going over here. Are y'all looking at me sleepy? You are the continuation of God's deliveries. There are things God still wants on the earth. There are still dreams and plans. There are still ideas. There are still victories. There are still breakthroughs. There are still times God wants to flex his muscle and show off his glory. And we have this warped imagination that just if we're in the right place, It just happened to stumble through the doors at the right time, we might stumble into this. And what the Bible says is God's eyes go to and fro the earth looking for what? Faith. And when he finds faith, he shows up and he shows off and he flexes and he reveals his glory in your heart, in your life, in your marriage, in your body, in your wallet, in your church service. And I don't know everything you're dealing with right now. I don't know everything that's going on in your journey right now. But I know that this is what faith does. Faith looks at it, says what God says about it, and keeps saying it. Uh, the diagnosis, the x-ray might look one thing, and it's not denying that reality. There's just another reality. There's just a different reality that hasn't become tangible yet, that you believe what God said about it. That's what faith does. That's how faith works, that decree. So if it's gonna reveal where we're at, if it's gonna release what we possess, it's also gonna receive what we can imagine. Can you imagine yourself free from those drugs? Can you imagine yourself, can you imagine your body healed from that disease? Can you imagine your finances broke through with blessing? Can you imagine the depression lifting and joy flooding your life? Can Can you imagine your mind being free in those areas? The Bible says if you can imagine it, and declare it, you can receive it. Listen to this story. The gospels tell this story, that Jesus was going about and he's preaching and he's teaching and he's healing and these massive crowds were following Jesus. They were pressing in against Jesus. They were following him. They were wanting to hear what he was preaching. They're wanting to find the grace he was delivering. They're wanting to be touched by his healing power. And as he's preaching and teaching, The Bible says there's this man named Blind Bartimaeus who's blind, and he begins to shout out over top of Jesus and over top of the crowds, Rabbi, Rabbi, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And people are shoving him away, and they're telling him, be quiet, the master's teaching. Shh, keep it down. And the Bible said when they did that to him, he just got louder. He just got louder. Rabbi, Rabbi, mercy on me, mercy on me, mercy on me. See, faith has a voice. Faith has a voice and it will not submit. It will not submit to popular trends. And they're trying to shut him up and quiet him down. And Jesus turned to him. And Jesus said, What can I do for you, Bart? I think Jesus probably knew what he could do for him. He. The moment he heard him, Jesus looked at him and he could probably tell by what he saw, he was blind. So why did Jesus have to ask that question? I mean, it's God's son, I think he knew. He wanted, God wanted to hear, Jesus wanted to hear where his faith was. And he cried out to Jesus, he said, I wanna see. And Jesus didn't say, well, you know, I've read your your charts and um, I'm just not sure that this is on the agenda today. No, Jesus said this. He said, go on your way then. He said, because your faith made you whole. And it wasn't that this guy had super duper faith that none of us could ever have. He just had faith in the right source. The point of that story is he had to say something. When Jesus said, what do you want? Jesus knew, but he wanted him to say it because words activate faith are you hearing me this morning? Can we stand for a moment? I want to say this to you how I wrote this down. Because I want you to be stirred in your faith work, your faith walk. And if your faith walk, I said this last week, the best time to have heard what I'm preaching was 20 years ago. But if you didn't hear it 20 years ago, the best time to hear it is this morning. I want to send you out of here with an assignment to go use your words. Go use your words. Go use them. Go use them. Go use them. Go say what God said about it. Go say what Jesus said about it. Say what God said about it with your health. Say what God said about it with your marriage. Say what God said about it with with your finances. Now listen, listen to this, right? Don't just think it. Don't just wish it. Don't just journal it. Don't just mumble it. Don't just whisper it. Say it, shout it, and declare it. Well, one more time, right? I want you to get this, this faith thing. Don't, don't, don't just think it, don't, don't just wish it, don't just journal it, don't just mumble it, don't just whisper it, say it, shout it, and declare it. Say it, shout it, and declare it, because some things in this life are stubborn. Some things in this life are challenging. Some things in this life are picking a fight with you. And the Bible says you have to fight the good fight. It calls it the fight of faith. Now, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But the only good fight I know is one you win. A good fight is not one you got whooped. Well, I learned some lessons. You don't need those. You don't want whooped. You want to win. So fight to win. Shout to win. Declare to win. Let your voice. Let your words be words of victory. Am I helping you with your with your your faith works? When you don't feel forgiven, what do you declare? I'm forgiven. When you don't feel like you're justified, what do you do? I declare what Jesus said. I'm justified. When you don't feel free, what do you say? I'm free in Christ. When you feel like you're the old man has just got you trapped, what do you, what do you shout? I'm a brand new creation in Christ. When you physically aren't feeling what do you do? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. When you feel broke, what do you declare? I'm blessed of the Lord. He became broke so I could be blessed. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sing some of that faith is rising. And when you came in, did y'all get this? I want you to grab your declaration. I made this for you. These are just some of my declarations. We're gonna say some of these this morning. But I want you to get that in your hand. We're gonna sing about faith rising in this place. Anyone's faith stirred up? Anyone's face stirred up? You. I sense some of you have got some situations that you've spent a lot of mental, mental energy describing this situation. And I wanna encourage you to spend your spiritual energy because mental energy is often worry. It, it, it's often discouragement. I want to encourage you to spend your spiritual energy on talking to those things. I mean, talking, you say, well, that sounds crazy. Well, that's what Jesus did from the beginning. He spoke some things. He spoke some things. I want you to get bit, it, it, your, you, you know, your, your spiritual background, you may have never been told that. Do you know how you know if something's from God? It requires faith. Let me ask you a couple questions and then we'll do this song. Does it take any faith to believe you could get COVID and get sick? Nope, it's all around you. Does it take some faith that God could protect you, heal you if you've been diagnosed? It take. that's how you know it's God. Does it take any faith to be broke? Nope. Does it take some faith to believe God could bless you above where you've been? If it requires faith, it requires God. If it requires God. It is of God. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get something good. Let's, let's let's sing this for a moment. We'll do some declarations.